Hi, it's Jeff, host of the podcast. Imagine a world where planning your books is as fun as writing them, where plotters plot in heroic harmony and pantsers organize without overwhelm. Here's the thing, that world exists. Plotters and pantsers alike love the visual outlining and story Bible software Plotter, now available both online and as a web app. Named the number one outlining app for productivity by Kindlepreneur, Plotter turns outlining and organizing your books into the creative process it's supposed to Visit plotter.com slash rw today. That's p-l-o-t-t-r dot com slash rw today. And experience the difference yourself. Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Daniel Church, author of the new novel, The Hollows. Author Ramsey Campbell, multiple World Fantasy Award winner, wrote about the hollows. The hollows combines human monstrousness and uncanny dread in a breathlessly suspenseful narrative. Startlingly violent, compellingly weird, it carries us through levels of fear to a climax of cosmic terror worthy of the classics. Daniel, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me on, Jeff. Absolutely. Well, if someone listening hasn't yet heard about your novel, The Hollows, how would you describe the novel? Uh, well, um, my, my agent described it as um, Stephen King writes Fargo, which I quite liked. But um, <laughs> it's a it's a horror novel set in the Peak District, which is um, for for viewers out, which for listeners outside the UK is sort of um, in the area of sort of overlaps into Derbyshire and Yorkshire mostly um with some bits in in lancashire so it's quite it's quite it's a lot of hills a lot of moors and uh, a lot of the, some communities there can end up being quite isolated can get very easily cut off in bad weather which is basically what's happening to the small village of um Barstall at the beginning of the uh, of the novel and in the middle of all the all the freezing snow the local um uh, police constable ellie cheatham finds uh a body frozen in the snow and it's the body of a local the local sort of tear away um called tony harper he's from what you might call a problem family seems to have frozen to death however um he's frozen to death in sight of his own home he's clutching a knife in his hand this was not some and this is not a kid who's normally would normally you know get get lost that easily or how you know nothing not not someone who'd be easily intimidated so what the question of what what frightened him so much is that he ended up sort of freezing to death rather than making for his own house a very short distance away and there's a mysterious mark beside the body and then people start to disappear and something is moving in the darkness picking people off and then the snow cuts the village off and the power goes out <laughs> well do you remember the original idea or <laughs> impetus what's that yeah, yeah, I do actually. It's a bit of a. It's um, uh, had a quite a strange genesis. Um, I became friends in sort of the early 2010s uh, with a friend of my friend of mine, Debbie Pierce, and she's a was a friend of a, a friend of mine. So we did one of these things where you basically have very similar senses of humour, very similar outlooks on a lot of things. So you become very very good friends without actually ever meeting. 
in real life. And um, she and her partner at the time were trying very hard to start a family and finally finally succeeded. And then two weeks before the child was born, she came home um, and found her partner dead, which, as you imagine, was absolutely appalling. Um, And she said, you know, the funeral's going to be on such a date and anybody who would like to, who would like to attend, you know, you'd be more than welcome. And so... You know, given that where she, I knew where she lived was fairly isolated, I decided to make the, the trip out there. So I travelled by train, which was about a four-hour journey, because it's quite an out-of-the-way little place. And on the way, I sort of got out a pen and paper and started to doodle, you know, tried to sort of write something. And I opened it, and I found the line, Ellie crouched that down and peered down the slope at the body, which and wrote for about a couple of pages on this. And the setting became somewhere in Derbyshire, because that's where where I was going. And I had no idea how to continue this on. I could tell this was possibly going to be the setup for a novel. And I was already already writing one novel at the moment. Thank you very much. And I did not want to try and be taking on two at the same time. So I put it aside and I actually lost the original, the original notes. Um, but the, that opening scene stayed in my, what I'd written of it stayed in my head for years afterwards. And when I finally decided to actually try, I mean, usually I'd planned my novels out in advance but um, without much success. Uh, but at this particular point, I was like, okay, let's just try starting with very little idea of where you're going on for maybe plan a couple of ch- a few chapters ahead at a time and see where you go. And I dug up that scene and started with it. And the hollows was the result, basically. And it wrote itself with surprisingly, surprisingly easy. And of course, um, uh, I, I was able to contact this friend of mine and sort of uh, say, so you know this this little village where you where you live. What happens in the winter? And what so, so I was able to get an awful lot of um, um, you know very direct on the ground feedback on uh, what would work and what wouldn't. Um, and that's just how the the story came about. And one of these one of the things you find, of course, you as this I wasn't even sure at first if it would be a supernatural threat or something more human. In origin, and I was about about eight or nine chapters in before I made a decision on that. Um, and you know, of course, I found myself I found myself kind of like rooting through all the folklore of Derbyshire and of the Peaks, which is very, which is very rich. And there was an awful lot of stuff which I very quickly found I could kind of weave into the mythology I was trying to um, I was trying to create, and it all just came together very, very very easily and very very enjoyably um except for the fact that i really had to there was a particular there's a dog i had to really work to keep alive because my wife is a, my wife loves dogs and she would have been very very cross with me uh, if anything had happened to this animal so every every human in the story could have been killed uh the entire planet could have been destroyed and all life on earth rendered extinct but that dog would still have had to have been alive somehow um <laughs> So there may be a slight spoiler there. There, there is a dog who does not, who does not get killed. Um, so, that's the only spoiler. That's the only major plot spoiler you're going to get out of me. Okay. So, so I'm curious. Given your experience with this novel, do you think that you will try to write future novels without much uh, extensive planning beforehand? Oh God, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's um, I find it much more exciting. I, a lot of the time as well, you you can be much more in the moment with your characters uh, because you are only looking for, you only, you, you, if you only have, if you only sort of have anything in, in your mind in any kind of detail, if you see a scene or two ahead, 
you're very much focused on what they're going through there and you get much your characters can then surprise you with what they discover about themselves with what they find themselves wanting to do they can often come up with much better and more complicated plots than you ever could um i was actually stuck for um i recently i recently finished one project um and i was trying to start a new one and it wasn't going anywhere and i was finally stuck so i i i I asked my wife who was the the, um you know sort of just give me a word any word she gave me a word and i wrote a word a sentence containing that and um yeah, I'm forty odd thousand words into the next novel based up from based on that, and I had I had absolutely no clue where, what was gonna <laughs> where that one was going originally. So Just based on uh, one word. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the as you know, you you, you create one, one one sentence leads to another, and then within as you, as you go on within the within the first chapter, I had a bit more of an idea about what was going to be happening, but not not all of it. But I, I'm getting more of a grip on. I think I know roughly how it's going to end, but there's still time for there's still time for stuff to get <laughs> weird in between now and then. Um, well, it's a much more exciting way to work, I find. That's great. Well, I understand that after college, as you were trying to write novels and short stories, you worked uh, a succession of dead end jobs, as you oh, as yeah. you say, office worker, fast food training administrator, call center worker. I'm curious what kept you writing as you were working on those jobs. Um, a, uh, a desperate need to not be <laughs> just, a, I mean, um, it's one of these things I always like to think of myself. I always, I knew I wanted to be, when I, when I was at college, I, the, the course I did was one where you could, um, you could do writing work. You could work, do directing work, um, acting work. It was, it was, it was training it larger to be something of an all rounder. But it's very easy to call yourself a writer, you know, when when you when you when you're not actually and when you're when you're at college, you're not actually doing much. You maybe produce the odd bit of the stuff from now between now and then. But when you actually have to leave college and you have to start working some kind of job, however crappy, to keep body and soul together, then if you want to call yourself a writer, you have to write. Um, and so a lot of that was to, you know, to 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 sort of feel that I was a writer, that I was actually doing something worthwhile, something that I, I cared about. It's 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 all it's very much become a compulsive thing for me. Um and something that I think, you know, does my mental health a great deal of good, you know, on a day to day basis. Or at least I'd be an awful lot worse if I didn't write. Um a bit like Evelyn Ward and his Catholicism. You know, people said that uh, people say, you know, you're a terrible person. He says, yes, but if I wasn't a Catholic, I'd uh, I'd be even worse. I'd scarcely be a human being. <laughs> so, you know, I, I believe he could be fairly he could be fairly awful to people. So, um, uh, what what he would what 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 it might have, what he might have been like um, what he might have been like? Who knows? Um, <laughs> Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, I'm curious, what writing advice would you offer for those who are writing their own stories and novels? Um, I think the main, well, main pieces of advice. One, don't give up, obviously. Um the the if, if you stop writing if you if you keep on writing if you persevere it won't guarantee success but if you're very bloody minded and you don't give up then you do have a much better chance of eventually you know getting stuff published the other thing is write what you want to write um one of the most one of the worst things you can do is uh you know sort of t- twisting yourself all out of shape trying to write what you think other people want to read um And that can, you know, you know, you start writing it. You start writing stuff in a genre you're not interested in because it's more commercial stuff like that. That's that's a recipe for that's just it's just soul destroying to mm-hmm. do that. Uh, so write stuff you write what you love, um, and then get it published in whatever way you can, and um, and then come in and do the next one. That's great. Um, it's it's an ongoing process, so you just. Uh, There's no, there's no big end point. There's no bit where you break through and suddenly become, you know, suddenly you are, suddenly you're a success kind of thing. It's, it's an ongoing thing, and the greatest satisfaction is from uh, writing something that you are pleased with, uh, at least for a time. Because you know, if you're getting, hopefully you get better as you go along, and then everything you, you whenever you look at your own work, you start seeing all the, the things you didn't do right, and you see all the, all the cracks you papered over. Um, The, the the hard the unfortunate thing with your own writing because because you 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 know you you've seen the first draft and you know what a mess that was and then you had to put that together into something you know was it Neil Gaiman says the 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 secret of the the point of the second draft is to make it look as if you knew what you were doing all along um, and of course none of us do we're all desperately you know desperately winging it um, but yeah if you if you can produce a piece of work which in the moment you are you're proud of, you're satisfied with, that's the biggest satisfaction of all. So, yeah, don't that's give up great. and do what you love and send your, and send your work out. Keep sending <laughs> it out until it gets published. But if no one else will publish it, I suppose that's when you go the self-publishing route. Uh, never, never done that myself, but 
it's one of those things, but that's probably due to laziness on my part and the whole thing of looking at, oh God, how do you do this? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Let somebody else deal with this, with this rubbish sure. for me. Well, well, what novels have you read, novels or short story collections have you read recently that you enjoyed? Okay, well, um, recently, most most recently, I mean, most recently, I've read um, Haley Piper's uh, Queen of Teeth, which is extraordinary. I would read. I mean, anything if you see Haley Piper, the name Haley Piper on anything, I would read it um, immediately. Uh, I've read so far the novella the the Worm and His Kings, uh, another novella called The Possession of Natalie Glasgow, and um, most recently Queen of Teeth. She's got another novel coming out called No Gods for Drowning. And even without knowing what it's about, I know I want to read it. She's got an incredible imagination. She's got incredible skill in characterization. And what's particularly brilliant um, is that she's able to um, bring in areas of life that are very much outside the main. The Worm and His Kings is set in like homeless among homeless communities living in the subways under New York. And the protagonist is a trans a trans woman whose whose lover goes missing, um, and he basically sets off on a quest to find her, and it leads into this this cult and to this religious stuff. Now, there's an awful lot of material rich in social commentary there. You know, the homelessness, there's the the whole economic and social aspect of it, but also the uh, the sexual politics of of life as a trans woman versus mm-hmm. a gay woman. Um, all of these, in some hands, could you know it. With the best one in the world, you know, we've we've all read stuff where however much we agree with sentiments being expressed, there starts to get this you get this clunky preached at feel. Um, or you get this feel of you know, a huge amount of infos being dumped on you. And what one of the things that really impressed me about the worm and his kings is how all of that was kind of woven, all of those aspects were woven so seamlessly into just beautiful into into the narrative flow of it. You it really was about about incre- about very about great storytelling that just pulled you in. So you were you know you were, you, you just you just all of this stuff just just was just part and parcel of it. You never felt you know you never felt it was being there was never any sense of it being shoehorned in, which can be very difficult. I think as somebody who has in the past stuck political rants of one kind or another um, into uh, into his stuff. I know how easy it can be to lapse into lecture mode or infodump mode. And this one of the really impressive things uh, about Piper's work is how seamlessly she's able to weave that into, in the case of The Worm and His Kings, a cos- a, a fant- an amazing, imaginative and original cosmic horror story. So that's there's one of the writers that I've been really impressed with lately. I'm currently reading Come With Me by Ronald Malfi. I've only read a couple of Malfi's books, but again, he's an excellent writer whose work kind of treads the the boundary between um, the thriller and, uh, and horror fiction. Um, and, I mean, one writer I will always enjoy reading is Gemma Files, who's a Canadian writer who's absolutely, absolutely brilliant um, and writes extremely imaginative and twisted and sometimes downright kinky um <laughs> horror stories um she's a brilliant writer we've become also we've become really good friends and uh, we're actually doing it we actually do a podcast we actually started doing a podcast together which um where we basically get to talk bollocks about um about horror fiction and horror films and all the other all the other weird stuff that we like so 
if we can ever get some money out, make some money doing that, then it'll be uh, it basically be money for old rope because uh, it's like, wait a minute, what? You're gonna pay, people are gonna pay us for this? Amazing, suckers! <laughs> um, if that ever works, you know. So those are those are sort of three um, writers just off the top of my head. Um, there are a lot of extremely good writers out there. I often feel quite derelict in not um, reading, as you know. So there's so many new books out there, so much interesting new stuff out there, and uh, you know, it's trying to sort of keep abreast of it and trying to. There's so many names. I'm thinking, oh god, I should really read this author or that author. But those are the ones just off the off the top of my head. If you uh, if you called me back tomorrow and uh, asked to, and asked me the same question again, I'd probably give you another three or four names, completely different ones. But those are the ones in my head right now. That's great. Well, where can people find you online if they'd like to learn more about you and your novel, The Hollows? Well, I have, a, I have, a, I have this. Somebody, somebody left me unsupervised long enough to for me to set up a Twitter account, um, so you can find me as a Danny that um, Danny the Church um, on Twitter. I have got a a website which I really need to update, uh, and I can't. I haven't bought a proper domain name for it yet. So let me just uh, keep forgetting what it's actually uh, what I've actually called it. Uh, but the yeah the main one would be uh, would be the um, Twitter would be my Twitter account. I have a I have a I put a link tree um, in the uh, in the uh, in, in the, the profile details yeah. there. So any other any other bits and pieces can be that I'm doing can be found there. That's great. Well, again, we've been speaking with Daniel Church, author of the new novel The Hollows. The novel is on sale now, so go buy a copy. And Daniel, thanks for doing this interview. Thanks very much for having me, Jeff. All the Absolutely. best. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.